Hey guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I love Count the Dings and everything it has to offer. I just can't find everything I need. You know, I know about Cinephobe and I know about the mailbag and I know about Bomb, but that's all we do, right, I mean? No, we do so much more. What? Yeah, absolutely. If you sign up, patreon.com slash count the dings, you'll find a plethora of other content, fresh content, extended content, the OG pod overflow, the Cinephobe cold opens that we've taken and made their own thing to live only there the re-watchingtons bomb and it's full Ooh. and unadulterated cut early drops of cinephobe episodes and so much more said the og pod now is it new or is it old mace i'm glad you asked that it is a new incarnation mm-hmm. of the old og pod oh. so it's me zach trey Waz, tom i love those guys just like we always were going back to the true hoop days mm-hmm. we're recreating that magic recapturing it and putting it back out we're talking hoops we're talking pop culture and most importantly we're talking for 40 minutes for free mm-hmm. but then another specific patreon exclusive segment for every one of those episodes funny enough about that og pod you're getting tom and trey on mondays you're getting me and waz aka zosny on wednesdays Amin's floating in between i'm a floater you never know when you're gonna get Amin in those so you gotta listen to them all and what if i'm not sure what maze looks like because i've always thought he's a fat man with a fedora he's got a weird voice how can i see for myself what this maze character actually looks like it's crazy you don't know the answer to this mm. because it's the cinephobe pod youtube page what the ct5s on the cinephobe pod youtube page you can look at all of us you can get all the og pods on youtube too at count the dings one on youtube at cinephobe pod on youtube patreon.com slash count the dings gets you everything all in one feed you can link it to your spotify and now enjoy the show This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming it's like (laughs) follow us for free on apple podcasts and all major podcast platforms for more information go to chinwagpod.fm and find enlightenment through our instagram or tiktok at chinwagpod or on twitter at chinwag underscore pod hi folks let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds. Really, Big Monster? Zero irony. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word? The radio is talking to me. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. There's a pocket dimension in the deep freeze. This is the stupidest dystopia we've ever been to. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette? 
in 415 million BC. Where are we? Space. Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app or just go to weopenat6.com. When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you learn stuff. I've been learning to throw a boomerang because this is the kind of thing that really gets the listeners engaged, you know. (laughs) Interviews with people who will make you smarter. Does the amount that you learn protect you from cognitive decline? Paula, don't (laughs) forget that! Can't people just listen to the show? Can't they just enjoy a delightful treehouse full of information? And I think I'm bleeding. Join us and be a nobody. That shit hiccup right as you were saying, too. God. It seemed fine to me. I don't know. Maybe I don't find this era. bit worth including in the, in the cold open. Either. Yeah, you don't. It doesn't really work because it would work if they like were with us before when we go to the, the record. Preamble. Yeah. Yeah. But the, maybe irony, we... the only way it works is if, is if we fake it. We have to hit record and then pretend like we haven't hit record yet. All right, guys, ready? One, right. two, three, record. Oh, you messed it up. Maybe this is now the bit, right? Uh, it's not a good bit. I mean, I, I'll it's be honest not? with you. It's not one that needs to be. <laughs> all right, Maze, let's fake the record, okay? <laughs> so all this can make it in. Okay. And it's going to really seem like great podcasting. <laughs> okay. By the way, Zach, this is this is why they won't let us do our radio show the way we want to. Correct. Absolutely. Um, now, I need, you to, I need you to really get into character, Maze, okay? Like, you really want to produce this podcast. Zach, you ready? <laughs> ready. You mean? Uh, wait, hold on. Hold yeah, on. see, now that's... Also, this isn't how we method. do it. Usually just say, all right, boys, record on three. One, two, three, record. And so now it's... I feel like you're not in character. Yeah, I'm ready. No, he's two in character. Uh, that's the problem. So we're going to do record on three. One, two, three, record. Oh, I, I swear it. to God, a hiccup. I swear to God, a hiccup. No, right see, it, said, I don't think it did. I don't think no, it did. No, it did. I, I swear I to God. I, would, I didn't have a problem. It seemed like a user he, error. He said, record. It sounded like Rick from Rick and Morty saying record. sounded great record. to me. I guess we'll find out on the uh, on the old uh, recording whether his hiccups or not. Now yours is hiccuping. I don't know. Maybe this is it? Problem. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um... That's where you go. Welcome to Cinephobes, dumbass. Could you did you see the segue right there? It was perfect. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it? it? It's isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuck house. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? What story? What are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. (laughs) Just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, 
two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding go. a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all over. Okay. When we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love I'm Zach Harper That's Amin Hassan. That's Anthony Mays If you have a submission, reminder 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes For the audience or the critic's score This week on Cinephobe We watched the 2008 action crime comedy Drillbit Taylor Crime comedy? That's what it says on IMDb Action crime comedy I got coming of age comedy Coming of age sounds much, much more appropriate. Crime? What's the crime? Well, there's lots of crime in this movie. Are you kidding me? Well, the whole movie is a crime. The whole movie is crime. Not much action. There's no real crimes. No real crimes? Burglary? <laughs> Not a real crime to you? They, they, they returned everything. That doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't absolve you. Is borrowing you. a crime? Is borrowing a crime, Zach? Well, then That's someone not needs borrowing. to shut the library down. You need down. permission. You need permission to borrow. Do you? Don't you? Welcome to Cinefo. Oh, no. Yes. Drillbit Taylor stars Owen Wilson, who was having himself a busy couple of years right there. He had the Darjeeling Limited in 2007. An underrated Wes Anderson movie, but I still like it. Yeah, it's fine. I'm, it's a train I'm, movie. It is a train movie. I like Wes Anderson movies. I'm also all good on like, it's, like a, it's such a hipster thing now, you know? Now? It's been a hipster thing for like 20 years. I mean, is it now? Now, Wes Anderson movies are a hipster thing. I like his movies. Here's my issue with it, is that whenever a new one's about to come out, everyone's like, oh, the genius has graced us with this movie yet again. I've got oh, a great yeah, analogy good. for you, Zach. Okay. It's like Kobe. I never hated Kobe. I hate Kobe fans. It's the same thing. Yes. I, I don't I don't hate Wes Anderson or his movies. I hate their fans. There's not a single basketball team that I hate in the NBA. I hate a lot of fan bases, though. Oh, the fans are terrible. Fans are awful. Yeah. Except for ours. Podcast listeners, though, are great. Ours are amazing. Particularly the ones who are Patreons. I mean, those are the best kind of fans. Patreon.com site. Count the things. You get all types of great exclusive content. Like the show that me and Mays do now. Ooh. Darth the Means Rule of Two. Season two is in effect. We're doing The Mandalorian. So uh, go ahead and check it out if you're a Patreon. And if not, what are you waiting for? Yeah, what are you waiting for? Patreon.com slash Count the Dinks. 2008 gave Owen Wilson fans this movie and Marley and Me. Ugh. And then we had Night at the Museum, Battle for the Smithsonian, and The Fantastic Mr. Fox in 2009. Another Wes Anderson movie. Another great one. This movie has three kid actors, Nate Hartley, Troy Gentile, and David Dorfman. Two out of three ain't bad. Nate is in the Goldbergs, and he was the rule master in Role Models. Troy was the young stew in Good Luck Chuck. He's also on the Goldbergs. Wow, they both made it to the Goldbergs. David Dorfman is in both Ring movies and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, he is the Ring kid. Oh. We also get... Ian Roberts, who was in Bring It On, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, Semi-Pro, and Reno 911. Yeah, he's the jazz hands guy in Bring It On. Took me a while to make that click together. <laughs> Beth Littleford from The Daily Show. We get a cameo from David Koechner. We get a cameo from Matt Walsh. We get Danny McBride. We get Lisa Lampanelli. 
Kevin Hart, and Leslie Mann from Cable Guy. And Sean Weiss, the bus driver, is Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks. Oh, that's right. And has one of the most terrifying before and after meth addiction photos I've ever seen. Are they not all terrifying? He looks really bad now, and I think it's just because we knew him as a kid. I've yet to see a good aftermath photo, if that's what you're implying, Zach. I gotta tell you, he didn't look that healthy as a kid. No, but it's gone the other way now. Healthier? He's too healthy now. Too skinny. Like, (laughs) scarily skinny. Drillbit Taylor is directed by Stephen Brill. He directed Heavyweights, Lil Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Without a Paddle, the iBabe segment in Movie 43. Repeat Offender. Walk of Shame and Hubie Halloween. So is this Happy Madison adjacent? It must be, right? Is it? Isn't it? Adam Sandler. Welcome to Cinephone. Oh. <laughs> Adam Sandler and Judd Apatow were friends. So that's probably how this connection happened, right? Written by uh, Seth Rogen and Christopher Brown. They wrote the screenplay and have story credits. As we know, Seth Rogen wrote Superbad, Pineapple Express, The Green Hornet, The Watch, and This is the End. Christopher Brown wrote Blue Mountain State, Beavis and Butthead, and one episode of the animated Super Mario Brothers World Series. And no other movies. John Hughes has a story credit on this. Under an alias. He also wrote Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Breakfast Club, Home Alone, Christmas Vacation, and Flubber. And it is produced by Judd Apatow. This is our first Judd Apatow movie. And what a first it is. Like a lot of Judd Apatow movies, just a little longer than it needs to be. Hour and 40? Yeah. 90 minutes is 90 minutes. Spot. 90 minutes is the sweet spot. You're right. Synopsis for Drillbit Taylor is three kids hire a low-budget bodyguard to protect them from the playground bully. Yeah, that's the accurate answer. Tagline, the best bodyguard pocket money can buy. Accurate. Two others, budget bodyguard, <laughs> and you get what you pay for. Okay, I think that's the winner. Yo. <laughs> $40 million estimated budget. Grossed thirty two point eight million US, forty nine point nine million worldwide. The winner <laughs> cleared it by nearly yeah, ten million. If you want to listen to it with uh, with having seen the movie, Drillbit Taylor is available on Stars, or you can rent it if you may. Yeah, or you can rent it. Yeah, Drillbit Taylor receives twenty five percent from critics on one hundred and forty six reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, forty four percent from the audience on over ninety eight thousand ratings. I looked at this and I got so upset. Because what it tells me is that almost the same number of, or same percentage of critics thought this movie was good as Cats. And also, less of a percentage of the audience thought it was good than Cats. This is not an endorsement of this movie. But I just don't understand how Cats, which has ascended to the top of the shit heap that we call Cinephobe, as the worst movie we've ever watched. Worse than ah. Theodore Rex. Ah. It ain't even a movie. Ah. What do you got? I might watch Theodore Rex again. Yeah, compared to Cats. Cats is the worst. I mean, I've seen Cats twice. Name a movie that we've watched that's worse than Cats. Good Luck Chuck. I would not watch Good Luck Chuck again. You got, yo, you really, it's not that bad. I mean, it, I hate it, it was bad. It was bad, but it wasn't this bad. Like Cats. By the way, Cats referenced in this movie. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Future callback. Yeah. Future callback. Future callback. <laughs> I mean, do you want the positive or the negative reviews? You know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so give me the positive. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinking it's half empty. Kevin McCarthy of WJFK FM CBS Radio. You can pretty much tell which parts were written by Seth Rogen. That was probably why 50% of the movie was actually funny. 
I don't feel like I could. I, I think a little bit, a little bit. Adam Tobias of Watertown Daily News. Maybe it's because I had low expectations going in. But whatever the case may be, I was unable to wipe the smile off my face throughout most of the film. A lot of emotions for Adam. <laughs> the Sun UK. This ragtag bunch of losers combined to create some wonderful laugh-out-loud moments. The largest arriving in the final confrontation when Drillbit catches hold of a samurai sword blade. That was a funny scene. It was good, but... I... This writer was really shining when he when he wrote this one. Because so. of the sun. Mike McGranahan of Isle Seat. Have you ever seen a movie that you knew was significantly flawed, yet you kind of liked it anyway? That's how I felt about Drillbit Taylor. Mike didn't have to step over to like this one, huh? <sighs> Probably the aisle of the theater, not a plane. Oops. Claudia Puig of USA Today. Drillbit Taylor is as clunky and humorless as its title. I don't understand why it's a positive review, but it's in the positive reviews. Contemporary American society, that counts as positivity. USA Today. Stephanie Zacharek of Salon.com. Isn't that the name of the thing from all the Marvel movies that they're, they're trying to get? Zacharek? It's a Tesseract. Tesseract. Zacharek is who's hosting this podcast. When I was watching Showgirls, I was Zacharek. hey Wilson gets by on his delivery and his demeanor. It doesn't matter what he says, it's how he says it. I don't think he's getting by, man. That is accurate in general when you talk about Owen Wilson and most Owen Wilson movies. Also, didn't catch the name of the publication, so no pun for this one. <laughs> Roger Moore of the Orlando Sentinel. Movies such as this remind us that Owen Wilson is nothing less than a national treasure. Ugh. Kevin Carr of 7M Pictures. A Miller Lite version of Superbad. More like Bush Light. No. No, it's, yo, it's Rolling Rock. All right. Negative reviews. At this point of time, my thought on critics not liking stuff is, then turn it off, you fucking weirdo. You have so many options. People who watch an entire project to hate on it, man, it is so weird to me. Sukdev Sandhu of the Daily Telegraph UK. It's hard to imagine a bigger disappointment or a more casual squandering of audience goodwill than Drillbit Taylor. What audience goodwill? You fool. There's so many ways to disappoint an audience than Drillbit Taylor. Yeah, cats is one. Also, this dude's review, I saw it come from a mile away. Every time he has a review, I see it coming. Well, this next one ought to be fun. Paul Arendt of BBC.com <laughs> leaves a nasty taste. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, how did you not say come again? Oh, man. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to let the joke breathe, man. You can't let it choke. Richard Roper of Ebert and Roper. The constant fighting and punching gets nastier and less funny. The film drags on for far too long, and the ending is uninspired and predictable. I mean, like, what's an unpredictable ending to that movie? Everybody dies? Yeah, like a kid dies from the sword. I mean, come that's, on. I think that's a little tough there, Richard. Dick. Moira McDonald of Seattle Times. Moira! Maybe I should have bought popcorn. This movie undoubtedly goes down better when it's partially drowned out by munching. Do you only buy popcorn for the movies that you don't like? I don't know. 
And how would you know that going in? You know how they say those who can't do, those who can't become critics? Moira, you can't even be a critic. Damn. Now I'm one of the people who can't critique. Fuck, what does that make me? Inception. Bill Goody Kuntz of the Arizona Republic. Oh, Billy. Despite sharing a producer in comedy genius of the moment, Judd Apatow, a co-writer in Seth Rogen, and somewhat similar territory, Drillbit Taylor doesn't measure up to the raunchy classic that gave the world McLovin. Yeah, this is not a good follow-up. But there was just a lot of, like, this isn't super bad reviews. Yeah, what, what was the movie that we did? Oh, it was A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah, and they're like, this isn't Blazing Saddles. It's not supposed to be Blazing Saddles. Right. If you hear Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen, high school comedy, a year after Superbad was a uh. smash hit. I just think that's a un- unfair. Yeah. No, I know. I think that's bullshit. I think you should go in with just baseline expectations. That's why I don't read movie reviews other than on this podcast. Also, Bill Goody Coons sounds like, uh, you know, uh, I'm uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's going, it's going on a <laughs> uncomfortable place. Somewhere, these gigolo European gigolo and something about, you know, the, uh, the, the tab at the end of the night. Kyle Smith of the New York Post. Trying to mix farce with heart. Drillbit Taylor is instead as soulful as Kenny G and as wacky as public television. Oh, it did mix farce on. with heart. It was a fart. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I thought he was going with. That was a layup. God, yeah, he really busted. Fuck that. Daryl Jeevens. Ask Jeevens. Of Chicago Sun-Times. It's no wedgie, but after a while, Drillbit Taylor feels like its own form of torment. I think... That's accurate, right? Like, it's not a wedgie, but it definitely has its own discomfort that it brings to the table. Last one. Amy Biancoli of the Houston Chronicle. Oh. Watching kids being forced to pee on each other isn't actually funny. Neither is watching those same kids get chased down by a pair of thugs in a sports car. I was waiting for some of the negatives to be like this. The people who are reliving some past trauma. I mean... What's your first note? This song was a banger. The movie starts off with Chain Hang Low by Jibs. He knows chain and hang low. <laughs> My note was, wow, what a time capsule. And it was a ringback tone. Oh, of course it was. A ringback. Remember that? I didn't, couldn't remember the term. I said, remember when the hold music was a thing? But I was like, that's not what it was called. It had a term. It's pure uncut 2008. Why did it go away? I dated somebody last year who had a ringback tone. Really? What was her song? Damn, I, fu- I fucked the joke up. I said, I should have said, what was his song? Damn, I can't believe it. Ah, uh, homophobia. all right two kids are on the phone it's the first day of high school they need to be proactive about being popular fat kid wants to be called t-dog his name's ryan he wanted to be called t-dog but wade says but your name's ryan he said yeah but our dog sounds too dumb it does that's a fair point skinny kid doesn't want to be called skeletor anymore (laughs) they argue about being too skinny versus too fat that might have been one of the mean the meanest lines in the movie felt that one as a, as a former skinny guy myself i felt that one. they apologize and just want things to go well stepdad busts in on the skinny kid says to go to sleep and put some chicks on the wall in there 
It's nerd paradise. It's 3 a.m. Owen Wilson is homeless? Homeless? <laughs> that's, that's my note. That's mine too. He emerges from what can only be described as an encampment by the beach in Santa Monica. So he has got to be like right underneath Ocean Towers, which is the buildings that I worked at, which is like right there at the end of Ocean Avenue, overlooking the beach like that. You can see the pier and there's no homeless people there. <laughs> well, that's why it's prime real estate. Maze, do you have any roommates? No. Okay. I was wondering about that today, actually, when I fired up the Stars app and I was just thinking, if Maze has a roommate, is his roommate like, yo, what the fuck is up with our cable bill? Why do we have all these charges here? <laughs> all these rentals? All these rentals. Or is the roommate like, yo, every time I fire up, you know, Netflix, it's suggesting the worst movies ever. What are you doing? I didn't I didn't know if there was any kind of friction that Maze had with his roommate. About like, all right, hey, what are you doing tonight, Maze? I'm watching Drill Bit Taylor. How do you even explain that to somebody? I feel like this bit would have been a lot better if he did have roommates. We could have had a real discussion about it. Yeah, luckily, Cinephobe doesn't have a lot of collateral damage in my life, but I did have to watch this movie with my friend while we were staying at our Airbnb, and he was not happy about it. <laughs> Owen Wilson says, time to make the donuts, and I wrote, do people still know that phrase? Time to make the donuts. Dunkin' Donuts are always fresh. I made the donuts. We make them at least twice every day. Time to make the donuts. Maze, you know what I'm talking no. about? You're an old soul. No, I don't. Huh. Mom wakes up the fat kid and he's sleeping in bed naked. Says he's in high school now and doesn't need elastic squeezing on his ass when he sleeps. You got to sleep in the nude? No, I, I'll, I'll sleep. When it's like hot, I'll sleep in underwear, but that's it. Have we done this before? Yes. Have we done this before? Okay, never mind. Keep going. Just cut it out. No, keep it. I know how it ends too. I know, I know the punctuation mark for me for this story. Fat kids rapping in the shower, skinny kids pretending to say hi to people in the shower. You know what I like about this is now we're still doing the same bits, but now we're cutting ourselves off from doing the same bits. You know, so we're like we're in reruns, but we're changing the channel. Yes. I like that. We're doing it for the listener. We take the right. extra steps so you guys don't have to do it for us. Owen Wilson is showering nude out in the open at the beach. Skinny kid likes to do magic. His stepbrothers hate it. Drillbit is panhandling on the freeway. The skinny kid has a stepfather, who, and he's got stepbrothers who are, I guess, are twins? Yeah, twin dickhead brothers. Meatheads. Yeah, they're just meatheads. They're always wearing sports jerseys. One of them was wearing a Patriots jersey, and I said, fitting. Like, it was just exactly. like uh, The only way it could have been better if it was an Aaron Hernandez jersey. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was just a complete dick. Both of them were. So anyway, they start jumping on the skinny kid on Wade's bed. Like, wait, wake up. Dad says, get up. And Wade says, he's not my dad. He's your dad. Exposition. <laughs> One of the twins says, fine. The guy who does your mom says, get up. And again, I was like, my man is getting it hard already in this movie, man. Yeah. That is a really mean thing to say. That does feel like that'd be the worst part of the step. Oh sibling right? relationship right yeah i want to be the one with the dad and and you're that's my stepmom right you don't want to right you don't want a stepdad either of you guys have a stepdad no i've got a step granddad i guess he's banging your grandma yeah <laughs> still probably not at this point yeah i think he's like 90 so i think he's probably slowed down a little bit call him and ask him get on the pod 4 p.m on fridays you know that's a little too <laughs> got a big day of mall walking tomorrow <laughs> Joe Pitt is panhandling on a freeway off-ramp. Keckner says he needs to go to church. Matt Walsh gives him a dollar and writes, not for pot on it. 
Uh, then we cut back. Skinny kid doesn't want to work out with his stepbrothers. Great cameos in this movie. Yeah, they really mailed it in, drove it in. Didn't even get out of the car. <laughs> Fat kid talks to his dad on the phone and then accommodates his mom by calling the dad a piece of shit. Lisa Lampanelli, I think playing herself because he calls her Miss Lampanelli. Yep. Yeah. Uh, gives Drillbit a dollar and says to use it on porn. Porn only. Lisa Lampanelli kind of disappeared, right? Like she, there was a time where Lisa Lampanelli was everywhere. But because I think roasts aren't really a thing anymore. If you don't know about Lisa Lampanelli, she's she was the queen of mean, is what they called her. She was a fixture on all those Comedy Central roasts. Lisa Lampanelli, unlike many of the roasters, act was like that. She was good. She was good. She was good. And then she never changed her act. And then at some point, people were just like. Oh, my God. She said, what about black guys? And that was it. All right. Skinny kid and fat kid accidentally wear the same shirt to school. Terrible shirt. It's a terrible bowling shirt with the devil's face and two dice. Where do you think they found that? Hot topic. Yeah. I mean, they have a joke about it. <laughs> yeah. 100%. This is a two Americas thing, I mean. You never been to a hot topic? No. I, I was just thinking about, like, the wardrobe person for this movie you've never bought a green lantern t-shirt you've never seen a hot topic at the mall no i've seen them i've never been to one okay. asked me if i've ever been to a hot topic mm, it's racist I, you know what i see when i walk by a hot topic i see white kids white people with like mascara and black lipstick and i see like the shoe rack up front but it's all vans and i'm just like yeah not not for me yep you've never been enticed to step past <laughs> that opening see the devil t-shirts it's dark in there, you know, it's a weird we script. We are on pace for a two-parter for Drillbit Taylor. <laughs> are we? Aren't we? Welcome Welcome to the Pope. <laughs> uh, they don't have time to change. Bus driver makes fun of him. A girl earnestly helps the skinny kid with his locker. Another kid is carried in by his waistband to his locker and is stuffed in there by two kids. I thought he was the same kid from the bus stop. No, a different kid, yeah. Because later on, that kid from the bus stop reappears in the end fight scene. So, two different squirrely-looking white kids. The skinny kid decides to say something, says to stop, and now they're pushing the skinny kid and the fat kid into the same shirt. They're not allowed to get out of each other's shirt the rest of the day. When he says stop, the look on the bully's face when he turns around, I fucking bust out laughing. Because it was just this look of who the fuck dares tell me to do anything. <laughs> then the other bully, I noticed, has a lot of facial hair. A lot of scruff going on there. And I asked, when did you guys start getting facial hair? And I'm not talking about the whisker, of, the whisper of a uh, whiskers on your upper lip. I'm talking about like this kid where his cheek is rough to the touch. I definitely didn't get it in high school, but I had friends who did. Exactly. Probably like 13, 14. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I probably, like, started really shaving every few days when I was, like, 15. Jesus maybe, Christ. Maybe 16. But I'm not a hairy guy, I which is weird. beg to differ. I'm not, though. Aren't you? Aren't I? Wait, what? All right. Pete? Pete? <laughs> Welcome to Cinephones. <laughs> Honest to God, I had, like, a little bit of sideburn that maybe got to the bottom of my earlobe, like uh, that level. And it wasn't until probably sophomore year of college. By the way, the bully says, if one of you takes it off, both of you die. You know why? Because you're Siamese queers, bitches! Emmett, who is the kid that is stuffed in the locker, I spent most of this movie trying to remember who as an adult 
looks like they could have been. Oh boy. And I'm not talking about like, oh, you look like you were probably a nerd. Like, I'm talking about physically looks like that guy. Because I'm looking at the kid, he, like, he looks familiar. And then I realize who I think it is, even though I'm not quite sure. You know who? It's Sussman. Oh, yeah. That fucking coward. I know you're listening, Sussman. You're a bitch. <laughs> I want you to know that. You're a coward. Can we have our RSS feeds back? They lie to their family about how good their first day yeah, was. Yeah, they just go to class together like that. Leslie Mann's the teacher. Everybody laughs. That's the end of the school day. Just like, bing, bang. And that's when I started to realize this movie has a real tough relationship with time. Drillbit stuff is being moved to the dumpster by the police. He says his taxes pay their salaries, and the cop says he doesn't have a job. What else do you want to remind me of? That I don't have health care? That I don't belong to a good gym? I laugh. Next day at school, Skinny Kid signs up for the same clubs as the girl he likes, photography and Asian heritage. Then the locker nerd kid shows up wearing the shirt that they wore the previous day. He wants to be friends. The fat kid is just ignoring them. Bullies see the three of them walking together, call them Siamese queers, and say that they have a baby, so they must be triplets now. And that's when the nerdy kid explains they can't be triplets because they'd be his parents. The bully says it's going to keep happening and happening and happening. They're going to bully them all the time. And we get a bullying montage. Yeah. They're forced to pee on each other. Soda's poured on a laptop and it sparks. And I wrote, that's some major destruction of property. And that's a girthy laptop, by the way. That's some heft to it. Pure, uncut, 2008. Skinny kid stuffed in the trophy case. Fat kid has pics of guys taped into his locker. Mario Lopez. Pants pulled down, camera broken, pushed into lockers and taped to rolling chairs and shoved into walls. The skinny kid did have a disposable camera in photography club, which was hilarious. I like that. (laughs) They destroy it. All the homeless guys are hanging out on a patio. They're at the Third Street Promenade, man. (laughs) Oh, is that where they are? Yeah, that's where they are. (laughs) We didn't pay attention to that. Drillbit's mad he didn't win his scratch-off. Danny McBride steals his quarter as he complains. They're playing chess with D batteries. Where's my quarter? Did you see my... Oh, he's looking at me. Is the pill bottle... Is, is that a castle? Or Don, is that did a... you just take my quarter? No, I didn't take your quarter, Drillbit. Not my fault you can't keep track of your finances. I don't know why you're spending all your money on this dumb stuff anyway. Unbelievable. It's <laughs> classic Danny McBride. It's great, great McBride delivery, yeah. When he's clearly done something awful... And he's trying to pretend like he's holier than thou. Cedric Yarborough offers McBride some hand sanitizer, then squeezes some into his own mouth. Drillbit wants to escape to Canada. If you go high enough, government pays you to take the land. And then I wrote the note, did Owen Wilson take this role just to wear the hat? He's got like a little like kind of skinny cowboy, like a like a couture cowboy hat on. Like like my man from uh, Takers, Hayden Christensen. No, no, no nothing will ever... Compete. It's not the same hat, but I'm just saying, like, that, that's... Oh, the the reason for that's it, That's how yes. they got him to take the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and McBride are talking Canada, and they see a street performer playing along the watchtower. He says he even looks like Jimi Hendrix a little bit, and we see it's like an Asian teenager. So he estimated that he only needed $387 for a new life? That's it. Nerdy kids are watching some hot women do construction in a music video. <laughs> Benny Benassi's Satisfaction video. Oh, is that what it is? Which is the song that plays in White Chicks when <laughs> Terry Crews takes the molly and now he's got glow sticks and he's dancing on the dance floor like a big robot. I don't know. Pure, uncut, 2008. Oh, yeah. Very, very ugly. one is wearing a cat
Cats shirt. Cats the musical. Future callback. Yeah, baby. McCavity. <laughs> talking about hiring a professional bodyguard. I mean, you obviously knew that that was going to happen, right? And that's why you chose this movie. I saw this movie so long ago, I, I had almost no recollection of it. Definitely not that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have remembered that. Cats didn't have the same stench. Meow. It didn't mean anything to you before a week ago. It really was a perfect pick then. I can just keep going, please. They're talking about hiring a professional bodyguard. They're telling the principal about all the bullying, and he laughs at the Siamese queers part of the complaint. It's not funny. It's rare that kids say things that surprise me these days. And he writes it down. Principal Steven Root. He's, of course, Milton from Office Space, and he's great in Barry. Yeah, I love him. He's great in everything. One of the great character actors of, of all time. One of the bullies is standing in the doorway and asks if he's allowed to defend himself. The principal says in this country, the accused get to face their accusers. And then my next note, I hate the small kids so much. I hate all these kids. Oh, yeah. I, kn- I knew Zach would hate them. I, I call them the three dwarves, fatty, skinny, and squeaky. Are you, are you guys sure you're not the bullies? Bullies get bullied where I'm from, I mean. Bully says he was excited for the school year and maybe was hazing them a bit. Find out he's an emancipated minor. And the kid says, he's above the law. Welcome to Hong Kong. <laughs> Bullies are in their car. Bullies are waiting in their car for them after school and they're driving after them. Run over a mailbox. They're just destroying property with the car. The Dodge Charger is the official vehicle of assholes. Well, I, so I had this thought the other day. There's a woman who lives in my building. And I kind of think she's, she might be a stripper. Not sure. Definitely. But, but anytime I, I like that you said that without any information. <laughs> she drives a Dodge Charger. No, no. She doesn't drive a Dodge Charger. She has an SUV. But whenever I see her get picked up outside the building, it's always the same car. I don't know if it's a boyfriend because I can't see into the car because it's always at night. But it's always a dark blue Mustang. Like a Mustang from like, you know, within like the last 10 years. Mustangs also are kind of asshole cars. I've rented a Dodge Charger and, and became an asshole while driving. Oh, so how long has that rental been going? 41 years. How often are you having a conversation with friends, colleagues, whatever, and a subject comes up and you have to like look something up, a question really on the internet, and you're like, wow, this is really going to look bad in my browser history. It happens to me a lot. Probably on a weekly basis. Probably every time I'm preparing for this very podcast. I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode is crap. It does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browser history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. Yeah, even that one. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon, Comcast, AT&T, ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background and is so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, tap, tap, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV, so there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today 
With the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired, visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash dings, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash dings, expressvpn.com slash dings to learn more. Kids run through the backyard. They stop to take pics of girls sunbathing, the fat kids posing with them at one point. So this is a terrible homage to Ferris Bueller when he doubles back to flirt with the girls that are tanning when he's running through all the yards. Boys track them down. They're still running. I wrote, the fat kid's got to be winded at this point. He's been running for a while. They slide under a closing garage door to which I wrote, wouldn't that trigger it to reopen? They all have that sensor, right? It triggers it to stop. Well, whatever. Like, it doesn't just close after that. It's not Indiana Jones. Yeah, I don't think there's a single garage door out there that's automatic. I want to find the Indiana Jones garage door. Raiders of the Lost Park? No. No. (laughs) That joke was the Temple of Boo. Bullies say it's their mission to destroy these nerds. Old man comes in the garage and threatens them with a shotgun. He opens the door and the bullies are gone. This is the least racist old white man ever. Because he yells at those three dorks. Sell my property, you gangbangers. And the fact that he would be that colorblind, that blind in general, as to call those children gangbangers. It made me smile. It made me hopeful. I looked around to the street to see if there were black kids out there. It's like, no, not you three morons. <laughs> no, those kids over there, minding their business. Those honor students <laughs> studying with the AP calculus test. Fuck off my property. Now they're posting ads looking for, the, looking for bodyguards. They're meeting them at a cafe and we get a meeting montage. Yeah. A lot of montages. In yeah, there's like five montages in this movie. We get the big guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Devon McDonald. Have you ever done this kind of thing before? I work for the hardest gangsters in the world. Kilolo. Shinobi? Hey, I still work for Tupac even though he did. I am Israeli military secret service anti-terrorist squad. So when I kill this kid, do you want me to do it quickly or do you want him to suffer? Suffer. If you hire Tiger's Protection Services, not only do you get the tiger, but you get the protection of his entire pride. Do you like hip-hop? What the hell you implying I like hip-hop for? Come dressed this way? I like country. You like country? That's the kind of music I like. Alabama. Give me some of that. Some Brooks and Duns. The Dixie Chicks, bitch. Is that Adam Baldwin? Adam Baldwin does pop up, and I was not familiar with the fact that Adam Baldwin made a movie in the 80s that was basically the same premise. Oh. Called My Bodyguard. Chuck Liddell is there. Crazy guy says pure, he'll kick their ass. And- pure uncut 2008. Chuck Liddell's there and he says, back in my day, we called that childhood. <laughs> and then the next guy says, pick somebody, anybody. I'll kick their ass right now. Then you can ask them for a reference. And I laugh. As he's leaving, he closes another guy's laptop. And then he goes outside and he punches a dude who's just walking up. And then the dude fucking decks him and he starts beating him with with his backpack. And that guy is the guy that gets the big kahuna burger in Pulp Fiction. Oh, Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. I do love the taste of a good burger. Mm. You know what they call a quarter pound of a cheese in France? No. Tell him, Vincent. Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. You know why they call it that? Uh, Because of the metric system? Check out the big brain on bread. You're a smart motherfucker, that's right. The metric system. 
Send this. Sprite. Sprite, good. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this down? Go right ahead. It's great. And he grabs the sprite and he fucking kills it in one go without breaking eye contact. It is one of the great scenes in all cinematic history. Shout out to that dude. I actually thought he was French Stewart, to be honest. Wow. That's not even close. That's racist. Uh, They don't have enough money. But hold on. The Asian guy goes back. He grabs a hot cup of coffee from a lady and says, ma'am, may I borrow this for a second? And then they're like, you don't have to do this. (laughs) And he puts his hand in it. And one second later, he's like, oh, God damn. <laughs> so they don't have enough money. Drillbit walks in and sits down, says he was discharged from the military for unauthorized Susan. heroism. Susan, hot espresso up. I'm Susan. <laughs> Are you still in the military? I was discharged. Unauthorized heroism. Yeah, they call it an army of one in the ads, but... Unless they mean the whole army working together as one. But they certainly don't want one man out there kicking ass like an army of one, which is the way I took it. They say they need help from the high school bully. He's like, what did you do to provoke him? And the skinny kid goes, well, he's fat. He's a nerd and I'm awesome. (laughs) Makes them look him in the eyes. His eyes have an unspeakable horror inside them. He charges $387 a week. They have $83. He'll take that now. They'll figure out the rest later. Puts out his arm like a wing. Says it's a wing and they're all under it now. They go to the skinny kid's house. Nobody's home. Drillbit likes what he sees. Wants a silver platter to stop a bullet at point blank range. Takes a camera for video surveillance. He's just stealing stuff left and right. Observe its reflective blinding capabilities. He grabs a watch and goes, I'll use this as a timekeeping device. I thought that was funny. At that age, at ninth grade? Yeah. I don't think I would have fallen for that hustle. They're testing walkie-talkies as he continues to steal stuff. Mom comes home and he hides in the backyard. She smells something. She says, Brian, are you washing? He says, yeah, you? That was funny. Fires it right back at her. Drillbit took all the stuff to a pawn shop. Kevin Hart's running the pawn shop. McBride is there. Drillbit is going to take that money from the pawn shop to the Great White North. McBride says that the kids are a cash cow and to keep using them. Kevin Hart offers him $125 for it all. He says, I heard you say that you took it from some kids. He says, half the stuff you have in here comes from crackheads and thieves. Hey, those people are our customers. We're not that harsh on them, so neither should you. How would you like it if we called you a crackhead? You have. Several times. Have we? Have we? I think I might have. <laughs> Kids walkie him and say the nerdy kid was holding out bar mitzvah money. McBride says to milk it, grab an udder and milk it. Milk it. Milk it. And he's doing the little finger miming. Yeah, like who milks a cow with just their forefinger and their thumb? Probably Andre the Giant. My hands are too big. Drillbit says he'll see them tomorrow. It's school time. Bully has a sword. Drillbit shows up and wants his money. $40 and an extra $17. Jilbit wants to teach them how to beat up the bully. He starts naming Kung Pao and Panda Express as fighting techniques. He has them charge them. He throws them to the ground all three at once. He says, truce, three is too many people. He says, teach those victims how to kick the bully's asses and they'll live forever. Steven Seagal. He says, it's not all oriental. So sometimes you need some Mexican judo. You don't know who you're messing with, Holmes. Yeah, I could, I could do without hearing that joke for the rest of my life it's puerto rican judo get it right oh that's racist uh he accidentally throws the fat one down a hill they find an encampment accidentally uh well he didn't mean to throw him down the hill okay chuck the kid good luck chuck (laughs) good luck chuck the kid 
Uh, he says it's a strategic outpost. He has them all over the city. Kid grabs a squeegee. He says it's a weapon with a straight edge and a little mop to clean up the blood. And we get a training montage. Montage. Camouflage. Teaching him to use the log as a weapon. He catches it. It hurts his hand. He's using a scratch off. He's eating at Johnny Rockets. Bulking up. The kid says that he's already fat. Drill says he doesn't want to hear that word or lardass or butterball or landslide or mudslide. <laughs> Find out the kid's 180 pounds and uh, he says he's not paying the bill when the check comes. And he's showing them the untouchables in which Costner does the hold me back from Capone. Teaches them that technique of acting crazy with a buffer. Selfie under the wing. Flip phone selfie, pure, uncut, 2008. Now he's talking to McBride about how he thought kids were related. That's gonna be... All you read about is how 14-year-olds ruled the marketplace. (laughs) He says the kids are like businessmen, that they have more than they need. Drillbit says he actually likes the kids. McBride says, steal the TV. Maybe they'll read a book. Steal the iPod. Maybe they'll learn to play the piano. I'm still outside hanging around in trees. McBride wants one big hit on the house. It's all they need. Drillbit says they're 10% done with the train. The kid says it's been too long. They can't keep getting out of school. Drillbit offers an, uh, an alternative. Only the strongest of warriors can pull it off. Most men tremble. Love him. Fat kid says, I don't know what's going through your head, but I'm not going to bang him. Try to relate to them to put out the fuse. Now they're at school and they're not going to hide. Kids are rapping and the skinny kid tells the fat kid to rap with them. Like 8 Mile. They'll respect you. The level of off-beat and off-rhythm happening in this scene. I want to rap with you. Oh, yeah. Flip the script, Ron. Hit that beat. Yo, this cool, fell? Sure, whatever. <laughs> Yo, call me whatever you want, but you know I gets busy. I'm so badass. I'm the king of my city like the Buddha. I'm Zen Lock. Back of my band, I tell suckers, say hello to my little friend. Oh, snap. This guy. <laughs> hey, meatball. Where's your spaghetti? Your rapping's like a nightmare, but I don't see Freddy. You best not even try to spit rhymes, dude, because when you spit, all I ever see is chewed up food. What? Yeah, that's how we roll. That's how we do. Oh, hold on. I know you didn't just go there. I got more skills than you and my one and only nut hair. Nice, man, nice. Step up before you show me and mine. Cause if you decide to step on, see I'm like a landmine. Boom, boom. Oh, oh my god, look, it's a punk ass rapid. He say what my word? I'ma have the bitch slap. I'm so surprised you moving. Ass is so damn fat. You lucky I don't hit you with my wiffle wiffle ball bat. What? That hurt my head with a bat? I'm the incredible woke. I'm like Costco. I'm serving ass kicking to both. You don't like my words, Mr. King in the school. Well, guess what? You can suck on my family's jewels, bitch. Pissed the bully off, ran away. Now the bullies corner them on some stairs. They're going to get it worse than before. The skinny kid says to do the hold me back technique, except it's just the fat kid really holding them to be punched. Well, he punches the hell out of him. Holy crap, you guys are retarded. We get the R word bingo. Boom. No, it's been a while. Drillbit is near them and he sees the skinny kid got punched. They want to know where he was. Skinny's pissed. His techniques don't work. They call the little kid a hobbit. Fat kid fires Drillbit. Squeaky gets very offended at being called a hobbit. There's a line of how does one punch cause so much damage? And <laughs> the other kid says it's like his fist is the size of your face. And that's when I asked the question. Have you ever bullied anyone? And I'm not talking about that internet shit that people talk about, you fucking pussy. Like talk about bullying? real life bullying in person. Okay, bullying. Chuck Liddell. <laughs> I mean, hey, I used to call that childhood. <laughs> real life bullying. Have you guys ever bullied anyone? No. I'm sure I'm sure I joined in on like teasing a kid for sure. No, I'm not talking about teasing. 
Oh, like straight up bullied a kid? Like not you're not necessarily punching them, but like oh. definitely like going above and beyond. No, I never bullied anybody. Maze? No, I'm I'm from a sheltered little private school bubble in San Francisco, so we didn't even really have any bullying at all. Maze, you've never been bullied either? No. I was a bully when I was like in the third grade. I could see that. I don't know why. Uh, the the scene where the the dad is sitting on the on the massage chair and talking about <laughs> I don't know what it is I, just, I guess he didn't like his face just didn't like his face that's exactly what it was for me the kid was just I didn't like his face and he never said anything but he had these big eyes and he would just kind of like stare at you and so I called him Teddy Ruxpin say shit just got like up there with the eyes the eyes just moving and stuff and so you know I'd like tease the kid whatever and then like you get no reaction so then at, at some point i escalated to this punch jesus <laughs> i did the kid in the arm it wasn't anything bad oh okay right and so the kid the kid didn't cry either so i was just like yeah whatever and i just like man the kid's real tough or whatever it just or or just doesn't get it or whatever yeah i'll talk about years later like i've graduated high, i'm in college i believe i find out that this kid no don't say to me no, 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 nothing bad, but just the kid was miserable going home every day and crying literally from the moment he walked in the, in the house, just bawling, crying. And they could never figure out why. And I was like, oh, I think I know, but I, you know, I didn't say nothing. Kid's not a snitch. Shout out to the kid, man. Yeah. You could have ratted me out, man. I thought you were going to say you found out years later he was autistic or something. No, 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 like, no. Jesus Christ. I thought, I thought you thought I was going to say he killed himself or something. No, 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 no. no. I felt no. like you probably wouldn't have had so much joy in your voice during the bullying story. And I would if he was autistic. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Give me a little bit of credit. I'm trying to think if I ever got bullied. I never got bullied because, like, I was too much of a wise ass, right? Yeah, the wise ass doesn't get bullied. There's trepidation there. Like, uh, like I could fuck him up, but then he's going to say something. And, and this turns into, like, uh a thing right oh they got you, da, da, da. you know like kind of like what happened in the in the little freestyle battle right you can beat his ass but everyone's gonna remember he called you a bitch though you know so right that is a, a great protective guy i've had guys try to bully me yeah i've tr- I've had guys try to bully me before and i just always it always led to fights one dude hit me and his hand he had like an injured hand at the time and he hit me with an injured hand and i said <laughs> I didn't even, but I mean, it hurt like a motherfucker, but I looked at him and said, now you look stupid, right? Because now you just fucked up your hand even worse and I don't feel a thing. And everyone's like, oh, and then the guy was just, he was angry or whatever. But you know, I, I really thought one of you guys would have been a bully. I didn't know. Nah. He's getting this fight, a fight, a yearly fight with this kid, Eddie Gill, not Eddie the Gill? NBA player, not oh, the NBA man. player. This guy that was white. Been, that would have been quite the... Uh, I used to beat the shit out of Eddie Gill, former Indiana Pacers, I think. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of teams. A lot of teams for Eddie Gill. No, this dude, Eddie Gill, we got in a fight every year. Every single year. About what? Like, I think we were the two tallest kids in the class forever. That's what you dumbasses are fighting about? I, oh, no, it wasn't like, who, who's taller? No, but it was just like... You know, you're the two bigger kids, and so, like, you're always physical when, like, playing basketball and guarding each other, all that shit. And just, I think they all happen, they all happen during recess of, like, physicality going towards fights. And I remember the, I remember he punched me in the face. But that's not bullying. No, it wasn't bullying, but there was, like, a, 
I can't remember if he was a bully to other kids. I think he was a bully to other kids. And, and if he's not, I guess I remember remembered wrong and don't, you know, get mad at me for slandering you. But uh, but I remember he punched me in the face. Eddie Gill, and- the priest? Or not the priest. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, well, we did go to Catholic school, so he might have been a priest. Um, <laughs> but, that's not but, it, but I remember he punched me in the face and then he started crying. Oh. So that's a good one. That's advanced, yeah. Because then he realized he was going to get in trouble that year. That's a good and one. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I wailed on this kid. I oh. wailed on this kid. And then and then my mom, my mom got a call that day from the principal. And like I was like, I was a pretty good kid for the most part. And so she got a call think, from the principal or finds out she's got a call from the principal and thinking like, oh, he's going to tell me like, what a great student Zach is, or whatever. And he was like, "Yeah, you kid got kid got busted for fighting again." Damn, man, Eddie Gill. Eddie Gill, your world up inside out. Huh? Rest in peace. Oh shit, is he dead? No, I don't know. I don't know. Jesus Christ, Zach, what are you doing? <laughs> All right, Drillbit says phase one is over. Phase one to see if the kid had metal. He's got metal. Phase two, contact. The plan tomorrow, they all go in together. Drillbit doesn't know Fatty's name. No wonder Amin picked this movie. Also, it was for Veterans Day, so it was a nice holiday pick once again. Oh, yeah. There you go. Stepdad is skinny kid. Sees he got punched. Uh, Stepdad says he doesn't know why he'd protect a kid from a bully. He's interfering with the natural order. He was a bully when he was a kid. Thinks the kid he bullied would thank him for it today. Prepared him for the harsh world. And his body is just jiggling this entire time because he's in the massage chair from... I mean, that's got to be Sharper Image, which is pure uncut 2008, right? Yes, absolutely. Brookstone. They're getting drill bit uh, groomed for school. He's in a suit and trying to blend in. Principal catches him in the hall and thinks he's a substitute teacher. Sends the kids to class and drill bit to the teacher's lounge. Uh, Drillbit's trying to blend in. He asks a woman about Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. He steals some sugar packets. He steals a bottle of Tabasco. And Leslie Mann asks if she, if she can help him and if he's lost. As Leslie walks in, a creepy teacher says, I got half an orange with your name on it. <laughs> okay. He says that he's a substitute for whatever whatever needs substituting French. That's where he'll go. She teaches English. He says, oh, my, my native, native tongue. tongue. She introduces herself. He wants to know if she's a miss or a missus. Uh, she asks what his name is. He says, "Drill, uh, Dr. Ilbit. <laughs> teacher and a doctor. Just wants to help. <laughs> she offers him hot coffee they're flirting health class and the teacher is the creepy teacher is teaching the kids about gonorrhea who can give me another name for gonorrhea that's a little hint that's right the clap or the drip i thought chlamydia was the clap that's what i thought too she sounded way too excited to because well, I had the same thought. No, you know what? I, when we have like the same note, and you're like, Zach, holy, holy shit, bro. I had the same note too. Like, you know, when you go into like surfer mode. I'm Australian now. <laughs> Gonorrhea is the clap. Is it? Isn't it? Is chlamydia. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Is that going to be a funny bit an hour into this podcast? I don't know. One way to find out. A lot of people yeah. think it's chlamydia because it also starts with the C. That's why I would have thought it. The clap is actually gonorrhea. Back to the lounge. Drillbit's sitting with Leslie. He makes a joke about usually eating out of a dumpster in order to afford his suit. He tries to get her to leave with him. She says that he's bad. He says he needs detention. The bell rings. He says, I got to go to class. She goes, no, you have five minutes. Tension in this scene. Jesus Christ. Oh, so much tension. He seems like the kind of guy who can accomplish a lot in five minutes. She wants to fuck. And I wrote, we only do horny movies. Although five minutes might be four too many. 
He also tells her to stay away from his dumpster. <laughs> I think that might have to be he like does. the golden dumpster <laughs> quote. That's my d- stay away from that one. Yeah, that's, yeah. Kids are exposed in the hallway now between classes. They see the bully drill bit and Leslie will meet back on the couch in sixth period. Nerdy kids are surrounded. Uh, Drillbit tries to pull the fire alarm. Nothing happens. He goes, how is that up to code? A nerd comes through with a popsicle stick, Mordor Castle. Excuse me, Mordor Castle coming through. Which is 100% not what it's called. So I couldn't decide if the writers just didn't know or they thought they had to like dumb it down because if they said Baradur, like Amin would be like, what is this nerd talking about? He lights the kid's uh, model on fire and the sprinkler system goes off. Kids are safe for now. Drillbit makes the bully read romantic poems in front of class. Yeah, okay. Smash cut to English class. Everything is fine? Yeah, everything's fine. Drillbit is the teacher of English? I thought Leslie taught English. I, I don't know. We've got a montage essentially of Drillbit saving the kids. Also, Filkins or whatever the name of the bully is. Yeah. Is it in the same English class as the ninth graders? Well, if he's dumb. Is he dumb? He could be. I don't know. He doesn't he's seem smart. established like, that he's dumb. Yeah, he actually seems pretty smart, to be honest. Yeah, he's actually, and he's not a bad rapper, right? Like, he's kind of good with words. I mean, he's a sociopath, so he's definitely not yes. stupid. Yeah, he's he's definitely <laughs> something not right upstairs. Vagrants are impressed with how cleaned up Drillbit is. He says, as long as you have a coffee cup in your hand, nobody at school says anything. Smash cut to the teacher's <laughs> lounge. All the vagrants are there with coffee mugs. Shout out to my man, Cedric Yarborough. I love him. He's so funny. McBride is teaching a class. <laughs> now, Castro, he knew that he was not going to get any action with Marilyn Monroe. And that is why John F. Kennedy was shot. I love how he had to with, oh, hello, fellow teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drillbit leaves the bullies high on a wall with repelling ropes that are too short to get them down. They fire tennis balls at them. Drillbit gets a teacher's lounge birthday celebration. Leslie wants him to meet him in the room for a present. Montage of them fucking in school a bunch of times. I know you did. I can't I know you did. I know you did. Ass like that. The way you move it, you make my PB go. Noin, noin, noin. Nerds agree Drillbit is worth the money. Skinny kid tells him he's doing a good job. Oh, I know I am. Drillbit wants advice on how to get a girl. They agree to do the opposite of the kid's advice. Drillbit wants to get together with Leslie after school and hang out. She's in. How many days has it been? Where is he getting all of his outfits? I think it's been a week. I think they're just getting from the dad. From the dad, yeah. Yeah, stepdad. Uh, Skinny kid shows up to Asian Heritage Club. Sits next to the girl he likes. She asks what he's doing there. He says he's Asian. She says he doesn't look like it. He is a little... He admits he joined the club just to talk to her. She says he can't quit now. She's going to make him go to all the meetings. The entire time, there's an old Asian man who's just rambling about thousands of men. I tried to pay attention, but it was just, it didn't make sense. Now his mom is trying to give him a talk on not spending money on drugs. Stepdad thinks he's high because he's eating his food. Coaches, drugs are for losers. She says that she's missing a silver platter. He says he's taking home ec, needed it for serving. The dad says he's missing a watch. Need that for home ec? He says, yeah, we're making watch cupcakes. <laughs> They're just now noticing that things are gone. Skinny goes to Drillbit's encampment to tell him about talking to the girl. He likes being around someone who likes him and doesn't act like his stepdad. Uh, Drillbit says he's just to do his best. What does the army say? Have it your way. Because says, I think that's from Burger King. He says, where do you think they got it from? There's always a pivot. I love the lying pivot. It's the Ben Stiller you know, specialty, but Owen Wilson's really good at it too. Uh, kids made him a framed picture of the four of them. An army of four. He made them think their lives won't suck forever. Drillbit says that the tough thing about what he does is he can't let his guard down. The kid wants to be friends when all this is done. 
Uh, Jobit has an outdoor campfire with Leslie because he's homeless. Uh, he wants her to know about things about him, and she cuts him off, saying he's great for her because she's a magnet for loser dirtbags. She always needs to go for someone who has nothing going for him. Some loser, bum, lying pig. <laughs> I like that he stops her. He's like, he's going on a bit of a rant there. <laughs> Tells her she's with a doctor now, and, he, and he's like, he just stops. He goes, oh, let's just kiss. And then the uh, guitar player comes out of nowhere, starts playing You Can Be My Hero Baby. He opens a bottle of two-buck Chuck. Topical. Good luck, Chuck. Next day, the other bully sees Drillbit showering naked by the beach. Says that's his teacher, and that his mom is Lisa Lampanelli, and she says that Drillbit's a bum she gives change to every day. She objects to the term bum and says, well, that's fortunate. Drillbit tells the other bums to the plan to rob the, rob the house is off, or at least postpone it. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, McBride is mad at this change. Says he can't polish a turd. Dribble says, where do you think you got it from? You look like you teach phagonometry. Bingo. Back at school, Drillbit's trying to keep them safe. Bullies call him a bum. Bully slaps him and punches Drillbit. He falls down. The kids run away. Drillbit tracks down the kids. They have a que- or they have questions for him. He's lying about jogging on the, on the beach. And that's why he showers there. They want to know why he didn't defend himself. Says he can't beat up kids in front of the school. Uh, they'll find out he's not a real teacher. He's a very good liar. Compares himself to the Secret Service. He wants a bonus. They all fall for it. Dumb kids. He walks into the house and the bums are, or I'm sorry, the less fortunate, are raiding <laughs> the place. He's trying to talk to them secretly. He accidentally kicks a table through the bay window. McBride hits him and he goes down again. The kids run them off. I saw your faces. I got a photogenic memory. Now the skinny kid is yelling at Drillbit to get out of his house. They want the truth. He says, do you want to hear about living in an orphanage that nobody wanted me? That'd be a lie, too. <laughs> he also says, you can't handle the truth, which is a sick reference. They figure out he's not a soldier. No, that's true. I, w- I was trained by the United States Army. Then why could a teenager beat you up with so little effort? Because I don't like violence. I wasn't cut out to be a soldier. Boo-hoo. I like the parts with the repelling and the crawling through the mud and the swinging on the monkey bars and the helping the wounded, but I don't like confrontation. I- even this, with you three ganging up on me, is not... I don't... Really, Shit. I'm sorry. You were in the military, huh? Tell me where you served. My company was in the Middle East, and... I was there for like half a day. I saw... You know, some camels, and... Heard some... I think there were some explosions. I don't know. And it was... It was so hot over there, as. I just climbed in the wheel well of a cargo plane. I flew back to the U.S. I went AWOL. Is Drillbit even your real name? No. <laughs> My name is Alamo Taylor. Nope, that's also a lie. <laughs> that's also a lie. <laughs> Bob Taylor. Not even Robert Taylor. Just Bob Taylor. And I know you guys are going to want me to say this line. There I go, trying to impress a bunch of kids again. Didn't, uh, he didn't kill anybody with the drill bit. He punctured his pinky with the drill bit when he was high school and everyone called him that. They kick him out. He calls Leslie, tries to start telling her about him being a homeless U.S. Army deserter, not a teacher. What did you say about homeless? Metaphorically speaking or in a box? Uh, he's at his encampment. Kids walkie-talkie him to shit all over him and threaten him. The bums get offered $1,500 for the stuff. This holds a lot of sentimental value. To who? To the people I stole it from. <laughs> Uh, McBride goes to the front of the truck to drop it off and Drillbit's in the driver's seat he kicks McBride in the face drives off with the truck McBride jumps on the truck he crushes McBride's hand and then he and McBride falls off the truck uh, the moving truck says gentle Sam's moving 
parents walk in with the kids expecting to be robbed because the kids told them they were robbed. The mom screams and all the stuff is in the middle of the room. And the stepdad says, we didn't get robbed. We got rearranged. I thought that was funny. You and your friends have a marijuana party? Kids have to explain to school to the school who Drillbit is. They're all meeting with the principal. The fat kid tries to blame the bully and not Drillbit. Nobody thinks the bully is the problem. The skinny kid's mom wants to have the bully over for dinner because she didn't know he was all alone. Hold on, hold on. There's some great background lines in this. One of the parents is concerned about this homeless man is in our school teaching our children. Have you watched uh, To Catch a Predator on Dateline? And then they all talk at the same time. And one of the dads says, can you imagine? You think you're on a date. Then all of a sudden, police are everywhere. <laughs> Y'all not laughing at you. I loved it. I know why Mays didn't laugh. Drillbit buys another scratcher. The clerk bu- calls him a born loser. Drillbit wins $500. Now he can go off to Canada with his $500. Uh, skinny kid's going to ask the Asian girl out. The bully starts talking shit to him and the girl. Says that skinny kid doesn't have the balls. He's sackless. He slaps him. Calls her a hoe. What you say, hoe? And then he slaps the shit out of Wade, man. Like, again, the skinny kid gets it way worse than anybody in this movie. For sure. Y- yeah. Young Sussman included. Skinny kid cowers, and then he sits down, and then he finally has enough. He stands up, walks towards Bro, the how is stands glass up. glass is intact. He slapped the yeah, fuck out point. of him. Yeah, he slapped the fuck out of him. Says he's going to kick the bully's ass. The bully says that he'll kick their ass at his house because it'll be trespassing on his property. He can do whatever he wants. Skinny kid calls him a pathetic wimp. He'll see him there. Squeaky gets upset because they're not nice to him, renounces violence because he has a future. Fuck that kid. They could have done the whole movie without him. I hate this kid. I hope he got bullied. Suddenly this movie became Never Back Down. Real quick. It did. Oh, real fast. Real yeah. Real quick. File. Yeah. File, I'll double file, never back down. Put me down for two. The montage training of how to fight. Yeah. It starts with them playing video games, and I realize, holy shit, 11 years later, I would literally rip that off from my deep subconscious. Because when I was training for Ninja Warrior the second time, yeah. I did a video, and I had Stan Van Gundy as my coach, and uh, you know he was like making me eat pizza timing me eat pizza and stuff <laughs> and one of the things is it looks like i'm like training and then as it zooms out you see i'm actually just running in red dead redemption on the video game so shout out to i guess Joba taylor for giving me that idea 11 years later sorry seth rogan for ripping you off mine was better they're eating power bars they're watching fight club they got to learn how to take a punch they're softly punching each other and slowly building Remember what that douchebag drill bit taught us? Mind over pain. Uh, they can't really handle this. And that scene, that scene went on a little too long. A little too long. Could've, you could have sped that up. Especially because that scene was in the trailer. I don't remember the, the trailer at all. Both the kids write goodbye notes to their moms. They go to the bully's house. They're wearing the shirts from the first day of school. Drill bit sneaks in to the house to return the platter and he sees the note to the mom. Fat kid kisses a girl for no because he's got no regrets and no tomorrow. She slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> Bully sees them. Siamese, queers, callback. Skinny kid kicks him in the balls. Fat kid hits him in the face. Skinny kid punches him. And the fat kid proclaims that the reign of tyranny is over as the bully starts to get up. He throws a can at the fat kid's face. Tackles the skinny kid through the banister. Broke my stairs. My My father father loves those stairs. stairs. (laughs) I thought he was emancipated. (laughs) 
<laughs> that kid hits him with the Xbox. Bully attacks him with a tall lamp. I wrote, he's very destructive of his own house. This is why kids shouldn't own homes. Bully asks for murder music as his co-bully is going to help them. Uh, says he wants both of them for himself. The small nerd, Squeaky, attacks the bully. The co-bully punches him off. The fat kid bear hugs him. The skinny kid punches the bully. This fight is terrible. He realizes his reach and then he keeps getting hammered. Co-bully hits the fat kid, grabs skinny, gets punched. Drillbit shows up, says the fight's over. Tell everybody to go home. Hoorah! Hoorah! Private Drillbit of the U.S. Army uh, reporting for duty. Hoorah! Which is, of course... <laughs> Marines. Marines, right? Yeah. And then he says, this fight is over. Abierto, which is Spanish for open. <laughs> that was the strangest future callback I've ever seen. Uh, says the bully has a crazy look in his eye. The bully punches him. He says he can't fight him. Uh, as he's trying to talk to him, he can't fight him. He can't hit a, a minor. And they say the kid's 18. And now he's ready to fight. He kicks the shit out of the bully. Another roundhouse kick, baby. Never back down, kids cop shows up he says i'm never gonna leave your boy's side the cop shows up and he, and he runs away this movie is about a homeless man beating up kids well he just literally he beat up one kid to be fair or two kids he did he did throw the fat kid down the <laughs> but that was <laughs> that was training that wasn't uh the bully screams and throws a sword at the kids Drillbit catches the blade his pinky comes off he goes why did i catch a sword i can't block this man this was just so confusing on so many levels yeah bully gets arrested cops run over drillbit's pinky his severed pinky uh the kids get respect drillbit writes him a letter from jail he gets out of jail leslie man is there for him the guy in the next cell taught me spanish you know abierto means open (laughs) he said he's very popular that's the last line of the movie how do you guys feels today Let me tell you, feels is a better way to be. Our premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. It reduces anxiety. It reduces pain. It reduces sleeplessness. Feels naturally helps reduce stress. Anxiety, pain, sleeplessness places a few drops under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Are you new to CBD? Well, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you through the experience. Me personally had a couple of restless nights during this whole pandemic, wasn't sleeping great, did a couple of Feels uh, the next day, boom, out like a light that night. You know, get a little joint pain because I'm getting up there in age, a little Feels CBD under the tongue, boom, joint pain gone greatly reduced it's so easy to use it's so good for you it's just the better way to do your life right now it will naturally help you feel better and there's no high there's no hangover there's no addiction you can join the feels community get the feels delivered to your door every single month you'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time become a member and get 50 percent off your first order 50% 50% off. It has me feeling my very best every day and it helped you too. 50% off your first order with free shipping by going to feels.com slash ding. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash ding. Become a member. 50% off taken automatically off your first order with the free shipping. That's feels.com slash ding. I didn't even look at the trivia. Do we have good trivia? John Hughes, this was his last film. He changed his name just like he did on Beethoven and Made in Manhattan. Is that what killed him? <laughs> John Hughes directed Made in Manhattan? No, he wrote it. <laughs> he wrote oh. it. 
This is the first time Seth Rogen has collaborated with someone other than Evan Goldberg, and I can see why he yeah, we can see why, <laughs> didn't yeah. do that again. The bullies actually crashed that Dodge Charger. The main bully actually punched Owen Wilson. Danny McBride actually worked as a substitute teacher before becoming an actor. Jack Black, Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Ben Stiller, Jim Carrey, and David Spade were considered to play Drillbit Taylor. Tony Medley has a review. Dashiell Hammett, in reviewing the book Murder Mansion, observed, If it is unreasonable for a character to have said this, done that, or suppressed the other, and if such unreasonableness will hatch out the desired chapteral surprise, then overboard with the character's sanity. Well, maybe that's a little obtuse. What he's saying is that even if something is impossible, some creators of entertainment will disdain what's reasonable and put down what works with his story, no matter how unrealistic in life. That's what writers Christopher Brown and Seth Rogen and director Stephen Brill have done in this film that contains a lot of good performances. Drillbit Taylor, Owen Wilson, is a homeless bum who hangs out in Santa Monica. He sleeps on the Palisades overlooking the Pacific Ocean and passes the day in a restaurant in the Third Street Mall, actually sitting at a table with his other bum friends. It's true that there are a lot of homeless people hanging around the Third Street Mall. I used to meet one of my friends, the late Dr. Earl Cohen, at the Starbucks on the mall. We drank coffee as the bums hung, around, hung out around a huge plant that was shaped like a dinosaur just outside Starbucks. Starbucks moved its location to get away from the environment created by these people. These people? Jesus, Tony. But there was nothing charming about these people. <laughs> who were much younger than Taylor and his friends and had tattoos and piercings all over their bodies. My impression, confirmed by Earl, who was a psychiatrist, was that they were mostly schizophrenic. They certainly didn't hang out inside the restaurants around there, like Taylor and his friends do in this film. Taylor's gang are not mentally ill. Rather, it is composed of just a bunch of thieving bums. This film is yet another take on the high schoolers being victimized by bullies and how they react. Obese Ryan... (laughs) George Antilk is probably the best performance in the film, and his buddy Wade, Nate Hartley, who is almost criminally skinny, attend their first day of high school. In the process, they become victims of the school's bully, Philkins, Alex Frost, and his sidekick Ronnie, Josh Peck, and pick up a new friend, a tagalong Emmett, David Dorfman. Also on that first day, Wade falls for an Asian student, Brooke, rather Tian. The truly silly premise, and it's only one of many silly things in this movie, is that the three go out to look for a bodyguard. They interview lots of people, which provides comedic moments. Not to worry how ludicrous it would be for three high school freshmen to be interviewing hitmen in a coffee shop. They end up hiring Drillbit, who scams them. Drillbit masquerades as a substitute teacher and in the process falls for another teacher, Lisa, Leslie Mann, who is producer Judd Apatow's wife in real life. This has so many unrealistic setups that it is hard to sit back and enjoy Wilson's talent and Gentile's ability to deliver the laugh line, as well as Frost's exceptional performance as the bully. I like Wilson, but I'm beginning to understand why he might have tried to end it all. Whoa! (laughs) Jesus Christ. This is a guy with the talent and looks to be a superstar, but he continues to be betrayed by weak material like this. There is a message in this film. It is that all authority figures are clueless and impotent when it comes to handling teenagers and their problems. Everyone in the film, from parents to teachers to the principal of the school, outside of the three protagonists, is naive and ineffective. No, let's be frank, stupid in dealing with an obvious problem of a brutal bully. This is a movie that has flashes of brilliance in the hands of someone like Mark Waters, (laughs) 2003's Freaky Friday, 2004 Mean Girls, who understands teenagers and what can be funny but still reasonable, or Nicholas Ray, Rebel Without a Cause, 1955, who had the talent to portray teenagers versus adults in a dramatic but rational manner. This could have been brilliant. What a pity. Four out of ten. Five out of ten. Oh, I thought about five, then I just... 
Tony, not so understanding of mental health. Dude, well, I mean, he said. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we were looking. At, we were looking it up. Maze, what's the timeline? So they made this movie in fall winter 2006 and then the suicide attempt was in august 2007 this is really too soon tony yeah i mean (laughs) too soon tony i watched freaky friday on halloween that's a good fucking movie he's not wrong about freaky friday it's a good movie like it's a banger golden dumpster nominees well i mainly eat out of a dumpster I should try that. I need some new dresses. Don't. <laughs> or if you do, stay away from the one in Ocean and Wilshire. That's mine. Seriously. Stay out of it. Two for one sale at Hot Topic. Siamese Queers. Danny McBride. Bodyguard interview montage. Owen Wilson's Lies. You Look Like You Teach Fagonometry or Abierto. Where's your golden dumpsters? Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, <laughs> what's your golden dumpster? I think my golden dumpster is the parent who says, can you imagine you think you're on a date? Then all of a sudden, the police are everywhere. Because <laughs> because it took me a second to catch it. I was like, wait, what? And then I started like, we did talk about, what did we talk about to catch a predator? Like two minutes earlier. And that's that's what he's talking about. And, and I just thought that was that was just brilliant. Maze? Uh, <sighs> Christ. I'm just going to do it. Fagonometry. Jesus Christ. Maze, you all right, buddy? What'd your friend think was the... (laughs) My friend really hates Owen Wilson, so I think you give it to Owen Wilson. Really? Oh, man, I love Owen Wilson. Wow. I think mine is going to be Owen Wilson's lying. Is lying the first two-time Golden Dumpster winner in the history of of Cinefo? John Travolta has two unanimous Golden Dumpsters. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he does. Get in line, lying. <laughs> All right, I mean, you picked it, motherfucker. So, Fover File. Right, so when I, I saw this movie years and years ago, and I didn't like it. I thought I think it was, I probably might have seen it in the theater, to be honest with you. Uh, so I was as disappointed as many of the critics who compared it to, to Superbad. And so I picked it thinking, man, you know what? I want to get on these motherfuckers' nerves with this terrible-ass movie with these dumb-ass kids, et cetera, et cetera. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, this shit ain't so bad. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, did I just misremember? How could I have been this off? And then I realized what it was on my drive here as I was listening to Cats. And Maze said the last time we had a movie this bad, what happened after it was like this golden era of files for everything because everything in your brain now is comparing it to the worst movie you've ever seen. And so... I can't resist it. It's a file for me. I like to think that you were listening to Cats the Musical because you've just you're hooked now. Not the <laughs> not the episode. Jellico, Nettleco, Jellico, I don't even know the tunes. After editing it, I got very frustrated with how much it was in my head. I really didn't like it. Feelings. Nothing more than just feelings. Still memories, but yeah. <laughs> feelings. Maze? Over file. I guess I mean pick this to hurt me. I don't think it really did. It definitely didn't hurt, but it also was not good. I really struggled with the timeline, and I did not have much patience for willing suspension of disbelief. There was just a lot of 
kind of half-assed jokes thrown together and plot lines. I mean, there's some funny parts, but not enough, and it was long, so I phobe it. My dad loved those stairs. That was funny. I thought of the the jerk, the Steve Martin, you know, he hates those cans thing. Yeah. But also, I was like, he's emancipated. No, he's not saying, like, he's going to get in trouble. He's saying it like it's, it was his dad's prized possession that he'd handed down to him. Right. Right. That's that's the joke. Oh, that's the joke. Okay, all right. You're right. You got me. Oh, oh. <laughs> Zach, what do you got? I so I'd never seen this movie before, and I don't even remember the trailer. For some reason, I thought Jonathan Taylor Thomas had something to do with this movie, <laughs> but I may be thinking of <laughs> Man of the House. I don't know why. This is well outside the Jonathan Taylor I, Thomas range. I know. I kept waiting for him to show up in the first like 30 minutes, and I realized I think I'm confusing movies here. So I'd never seen the movie before. It's too long. Like it's it's like we said earlier. It's got to be banger after banger after banger for if it's going to be a comedy. Um, I don't like the kids in it, even though I know they're supposed to be like this heartwarming part of it. But I gotta say, like I fucking love Owen Wilson. I love Danny McBride. I thought the majority of the jokes hit. I didn't have any comparisons to Superbad. I don't know what to do here in these rental wars now because I file it. And I feel like, I kind of feel like a means out of steam here. Well, can we check in on this rental wars thing? I'll be honest with you. Like, I like I think this movie would have been an absolute got on everybody's nerves if cats hadn't happened. No, I think I no, I think I, I legitimately think I would have liked this movie enough. I don't know. I think I, I, my head's everything's upside down for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm open to the idea. Uh, Zach, what are you going with, man? So, do I keep the rental wars going? I mean, you're sitting here in the catbird seat with the next pick. Yeah, like you, the, whether the rental wars continue or not is up to you because you got the choice. It's true, of that's the movie. true. Because man, I got some hurtful ones here, but I got some ones that I almost wonder if I should pocket these for the next time. I mean, nugget pocket fucks fucks around and and tries to tries to challenge me. I've got more in the in the in the, in the holster. I just I just picked wrong. I think this week. Okay. I made a bad pick. It happens. It does happen. I made a bad pick. Ended up being I, I mean, I liked it. Maze, you throw that file in there for me, please. Wow. Wow. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. the holiday season i'm putting a pause on the rental wars for now okay st nicholas cage is coming back <laughs> no 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 i'm gonna do something i've wanted to do this movie for a while i want to bring some joy to this podcast it's 37 percent from the critics it's 34 percent from the audience i'm a fan of this movie you could even say I'm the fan of this movie. I'm picking Wesley Snipes, Bob oh, De Niro, The Fan. That's a great movie. File. 